a major welcome to today's episode. Uh, welcome to an episode of How Do Men, a podcast with the intention of building conversation, co-learning, co-creation in order to find solutions, tools, and concrete tips for the modern man. And today is a special episode and day for me because I'm here with my brother, Daniel Miller, my co-founder at Sculp, and also the head trainer and concept development developer of our training. Daniel started off in the area of personal development as a Wim Hof method instructed instructor, then found his passion as an entrepreneur building companies and systems that support human potential and growth. He's also the co-founder and concept developer of Hale Breath Center in Stockholm, the only global breathing center in the world combining all of the major breathing styles and practices at one place. Daniel has over the years uh, trained more than 50 breath guides, put more than 2,500 people into the ice bath for more than two minutes, and he's facilitated more than 50,000 people in breath work. And of course, countless workshops over the last 10 or so years. Daniel, a major welcome here. Thank you, Fabian. It's a pleasure being with you here. Since we also spent so much time together lately, it's uh, fantastic. It's, uh, it's a new setting. And um, let's see what, uh, what comes out of it. So as uh, part of this podcast and the episodes, we always begin with a question, which is, what does being a man mean to you? And uh, if we can start there and see how the, the conversation takes us further. Yeah, thank you for that question. I've been actually asking myself that since I probably was like 14, 15, like really checking what, what does it mean to be a man? And uh, do you want my personal view of what I think I as a man want to be or what I think the collective how about both? Yeah, great. And I'll start with the collective. I think that what it means to be a man is defined by, let's say we're about 8 billion people, just to keep the numbers straight. And half of them are men. So it's 4 billion men, born men out there, except of hermaphrodites. And these born men, each one carries a key to what being a man in this world at this time means. And so there, for me, there's no definition necessarily that is right or wrong. It's just depending on the culture, the place, the situation, everything varies. So being what it means to be a man would be to look at each and every one of these puzzle pieces and set them together. And I think then we would have a quite clear picture on what it is to be a man in a more objective truth. And then in my personal truth, what it means to be a man for me is uh, being real being honest, doing my best, uh, delivering as well, solving problems, uh, being able to balance many different things that life is right now throwing at me and being able to handle them in the best way possible, acknowledging mistakes, learning from them, ownership, commitment. These are all like layers that I see what it means for me to be a man today as I'm growing older and more mature in myself. So these are maybe just words right now, but these are all containing stories and uh, teachings and learnings that I've been gathering over the years. And I choose then to become the man 
that wants to be born through me and through the world around me. And that I think is a, is a very unique journey for every single man. Because what I need and what I want right now, especially in my positions that I take, is uniquely needed for me. And if I would want to acquire and be someone else, then I would need different features. And we need diversity, at least that's what I see in nature happening. There's not just one bug or one type of animal. There's many different kinds of, and in their own sort, there's many different kinds. So I really appreciate that nature made us so diverse outside and so the same inside. Amazing. Thank you for that answer. And I appreciate the way you begin from a very macro perspective and the collective there, 4 billion ways of being a man and, and also the fact that we all hold a key. Uh, I believe that and I'm also sometimes myself, uh, I would say, uh, subject to wanting to find uh, very simple answers and and uh, and suggestions to things in order to simplify something that is ultimately very complex which is the human experience and and i like how you then go into your own uh personal viewpoints i'm hearing words like uh responsibility uh ownership and i'm also hearing that each and every one has uh including you your unique path into manhood and manliness and where i'd love you to to share a bit more is is really how you know how did your path evolve over the years and and where have you how did you arrive at these conclusions or were they all there for you from the start yeah i wish so <laughs> uh there's a saying that uh, that goes um uh, the learnings come when they come, not when you need them most. So it would be nice that at any uh, given challenge, there's already the teaching right there to be uh, uh, learned. But um, as as with everyone, like try on error is just the human experience. It's like there's there's the carrot, there's the stick, and then there's neutrality. And we're all trying to like navigate our way of, of what I can see in that maze of like how do i measure things how do i see if i'm progressing and personally my masculinity i mean i had a um, an amazing father who had a lot of traits that i still have today and which i'm really grateful for and then there's a lot of traits that uh, i adapted that were not so beneficial for me not so useful and then my father was mostly not present in my life from the age of 13 when my parents split. It's a long story I don't want to get into right now there. and But the, the process was like really not having a male role model around for a very long time. And I was really yearning for role models. And when I grew up, I was like a little bit of a, of a renegade. Um, and my role models were Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain. And it's really sad looking back now, I'm like, those were not good role models. They were good role models for expression and arts and different features that at that time I admired, but they all like died on drugs with 26. That's not something admirable and anything that I would recommend anyone as a role model as to perceive as a role model. So finding like someone around me and wanting to have a role model kind of like over time turned me into becoming that role model for myself first. 
So there was a lot of missing in my journey of how do I actually become a man? Because uh, some boys and men and teenagers are very lucky. They have a lot of men around them. They can pick and choose and see from 50 men around them. They're like, oh, these are features that are very useful. This is what they all have in common. And I really didn't have that. Um, I was the oldest son, so I took a lot of responsibility. I helped a lot. But if I look back, I was major lost, just really uh, not knowing my place, searching for answers, and really in, in a lot of pain due to just past trauma and childhood, but also the process of life itself at that time without an understanding for why people are the way they are and what they do and why they do it. It was just very confusing in my eyes. It took me a long time to find a way to understand that people are very different than me and that is exactly how they should be. And that I need to learn how their language works and how they work to finally understand myself in that context better as well. And like about seven, eight years ago, I started my men's work journey. So I went into containers that were just purely men. And that really did a lot for me. It's, uh, I noticed there was some fear of contact with men's bodies, which was instilled from early age in school. There, there was also in a, on a completely non-sexual context, just an intimacy. So intimacy, physical intimacy with other men like long hugs and other things like that, where I noticed there was fear around that uh, feature and that dissolved over time. Uh, I, I love just like holding a brother, being held and cuddle. I think that's so important. The majority of women that I know, they are very good at that, men rather lesser. And finding myself in situations where I noticed that I was playing the one up, one down game. So every man that I was meeting, I was either, I was calculating. So, oh, is he better than me? And I need to put myself under him or is, is he worse than me and I can be above him? And maybe you can mm. recognize that too. Totally, right? yeah. And being in a container, it was like the European men's gathering. And before it was the Scandinavian men's gathering that's, that I was at. And there were like 200 men. And I just noticed it so loud in my mind how I was judgmental, critical, constantly walking around. And it wasn't a nice experience for me to be around all of those men. It, it wasn't a nice experience to be in me. And that was when the shift started happening. I was like, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live the one up, one down game. I want to see people for who they are. I can see them for their pros and their cons. I can see them for their genius and their weaknesses. And I don't have to compare myself in that level. I can just see, is there something value that I can bring to this person? And is there something valuable that I can receive from that person? Hmm. Or can we just be neutral? And that um, has then brought me to a place where I've been really looking into how can I be of service to myself first? So fill my own cup. I think that's so important today. Too many people are thinking about uh, giving themselves up without going sure that they have the energy to actually give. And so I take care of myself, take care of my environment, go sure that I have the best energy levels and the best um, grounding that I can have. And then I go out to serve people because when my uh, cup is filled, I can fill other people's cup as well. And that is uh, something that I now just love passing on. 
So I'm on a constant development of uh, seeing what it is, but I feel very secure in my choice of what I want to represent as a man today. And it definitely wasn't always that way. It's uh, something to be cultivated, as I believe everything is there to be cultivated, needs to be cultivated. Mm. Thank you. It's an inspiring journey and me knowing it, hearing it again, now knowing you much, much better is, is just invokes a lot of admiration for, for you and, and, and your, your striving towards both evolution, but not only for yourself, but, but you're striving towards the evolution of others. I can feel that it's deeply ingrained into who you are and, and your DNA. And that's why it's such an honor to be working together with you on on this mission we're now on and i mean we have a massive topic to to cover today but before that i i just something came to me and i'd, I'd love to know like where you are at right now and especially with regards to your like looking into like male personal development you know what's what's been the biggest surprise to you yeah thank you for your kind words first of all mm. I, I'm, I'm just excited just thinking about uh, working in this field too and uh, like I love helping women or children or whoever just right now it's I, I think the, the question was when I shifted away from uh, Hale Center and Breathwork and training other people there and creating that company I chose to uh, look at how am I best of use and I always ask that question into some higher intelligence because like that's what I choose to believe in because I tried to choose to believe in not believing in it and my life was more miserable. So it's just a question of usefulness, not uh, of right or wrong in my opinion. And I use, I like thinking this way as well. And what I noticed with going into that question was that it was very, very clear. I was seeing incredible amounts of men in pain and suffering and they suffer in silence, including me. It's, we are quiet about our pains very often. We don't moan and kick and scream because we're being trained that way. Some of us do, but the majority of us, we just suffer quietly. That's why the suicidal rates are higher than, and than ever. And also in men, it's, I think, 300% in comparison to women. Uh, in different places, obviously, it's different. But the suicide rate, the depression rate... And the pain and the drug abuse is just massively high for men um, today. And I could see that the majority of the tools that I learned over the last 10 years of personal and collective development, no one had them. I mean, just simply understanding the nervous system to that there's a gas pedal and there's a brake pedal, meaning that you can either arouse yourself through breathing or you can calm yourself through breathing. Literally make yourself feel better by breathing in a specific way. Majority of men have no clue how to press the brake pedal in their nervous system. And then they use different kinds of things that are maybe not so useful long-term. For example, porn addiction, masturbation, drugs. What is beer but a nervous system uh, stimulator to relax? And mm. it would have been so much better to just learn about breathing, movement, what foods stimulate in different kinds of ways, and how to release emotions in a healthy pattern. And so what, what surprised me in that whole process is how little we have been taught how these simple systems function. So physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual systems. These are This is like technology. We are technology. And instead of giving us the 
the ingredients on how to create simple, strong lifestyle changes, we're being taught something else. And this is a, this is a big failure of the educational system at this moment in time that I see. And we are literally right now in this business because we see a problem and we want to solve or support making this problem uh, better over time. And it surprises me that how little men know about how they actually work. Completely there. And just finding our way back to and, and building, uh, building a map of uh, the, the inner world and how that works has been, I mean, it's, it's been a long journey to, to, to get to that place and, and also understanding how, how, uh, what different navigational tools there are available to each and every one of us to actually handle and work with our internal selves. And then looking at the actual educational system and how little, if any, I don't remember any of the, those, uh, like the things, not even simple things like the nervous system. Yeah. It was never communicated in, in, in any, in, in any, uh, any of my 12, what is it, 16 years of, of education? It was never, ever mentioned. Uh, yet it is one of the key, like perhaps one of the most important aspects of, of well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. Fully with you there. And uh, it's not to attack the educational system or anything. I mean, we're facing just what is being faced at this moment in time. Yeah. It's more just a point of reference where why did no one teach me how to build long-lasting, close, intimate relationships early on? Mm. Isn't relationships like half of life, mm -hmm. right? Then another point would be how, why did no one teach me how to communicate effectively what is going on in my mind, what is going on in my body, and how to listen from other people and make them feel heard and seen. And th that's one of the biggest topics. And why did no one really share with me how I need to uphold my physical body so the rest of my mind or how to quiet my mind with my body? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, you're thinking mind. It's just the way it is. It's like, no, it's not. Like, we can train that mind. And there's ways of quieting the mind with the body. And there's ways of quieting the body with the mind. And these kind of simple ways how to do it those need to be shared and expressed and brought to the masses so we can uh, decimate the suffering and the pain that is right now, the perceived pain that is being um, uh, processed by now specifically talking about men. And the same is also for, for women. And the earlier uh, the kids can have these processes, the better they have it. I mean, my son comes to me already and he's saying like, Daddy, take a deep breath in. <laughs> And let it go. And so whenever that comes in and he does it with me, whenever I see that he's in distress and it, there's no need to be aroused, it's like, yeah, take a, take a nice, slow, deep breath in. Let it go. And like just in a few moments, he's calm. Brilliant. And I mean, in, in, in the whole... I would say part of our philosophy is really to go and try and inspire a shift in ourselves, going from, first of all, pessimism to optimism, 
but within that also going from passivity to activity absolutely so, and and in in that framework and i'm sure we can cover that in a bit um we're here to build solutions and build solutions to the problems that we see exists and not necessary problems but improvement potential uh, yeah and and through that shared inspiration we decided to create scop uh to to build in essence build the training that we ourselves would have wanted in immense training uh, which turned into the 100 hour core enrichment program uh, in which we go through a journey through eight weeks where we cover different topics and team themes in order to cover a 360 perspective of life uh, here we cover self-mastery fitness relationships purpose and career economics mentors lifestyle and service which of course all are essential for the well-being of any person and during the first week we dive straight into self-mastery which is one of your weeks that you are i would say exquisite in talking about and sharing and and sharing in an easily comprehensible way so i'd love to to go deeper into that topic together with you here today and and perhaps first of all just explain what self-mastery is and secondly why is it so relevant uh to start with in a in a training like ours thank you those are all really great questions um for to give an answer to that i'm just going to start a little earlier too so we're here to find solutions to problems that's what a good business does or that's what usually i would say men do all along we find solutions to problems and we're looking for long lasting solutions like we're looking at how do we go to the root cause of things we're not just trying to find a little bandage on top and it's going to infest and it's still going to like rot and foul which is our culture today the quick fix the pill the quick like just give me a shot give me this we're just going to take care of it i just want to go back to the normal when the symptoms are showing an underlying root cause that wants to be explored and so self-mastery itself is going really at to that core and seeing what is there the deeper we go the more we know ourselves. the more we know ourselves. the more we know others because we can see the difference between but also the similarities and when i was 11 i had the feeling coming to this planet and this earth and this time and this body that something's off i had that feeling from the beginning i just couldn't put my finger on and i was living obviously a, a life of a ignorant child as it is supposed to be and when I turned 10, 11, uh, we had history in school and I grew up in Germany. And there's a lot of shame that people in Germany grew up for, for two world wars and the way that everyone's talking about things. And I wanted to know, so we were talking about the first and second world war. And I was like, how did this happen? I mean, how does a world war happen? Like, why are we killing each other about things? Like, what is the root cause of all of this? And I went down like a spiral of just like looking at history and I found that no one's hands are clean. Like, absolutely no one. Like, there's a few that were just extinguished because they kept their hands clean, but they're gone. 
And then there was this looking at why why am I being judged for being a German who didn't even do anything? You know, some of my ancestors, they were, they were Nazis and some of them were actually in the resistance and got killed for it. So why do I have to live in shame about 50 years later about something that I've never done? And some other people did more atrocities and they're not being shamed. So I went through this whole cycle of just like, okay, I'm, I'm born in Germany, I'm a German, right? My mom's half uh, is Uruguayan, so I'm half German, I'm half Uruguayan. So identity crisis, looking at what are humans. And I had a very dark outlook on humanity for many years. But I always had something inside of me, which was just this big spark of hope and beauty and unity. And so thank God that part never let go of me, or I never let go of that part to just enjoy sunsets enjoy the things like sitting in a bus and no one's looking out to see the fog across the beautiful landscape on the, my way to school. So I thank God enjoyed beauty so much. And I think that also kept me going over all of that time, plus my family and friends back then. But after a while, I just stopped turning my eyes towards what is not working because I did find answers. I did look at the financial system. So already with 15, 16, I knew what people are now talking about in their, in their 30s, how the financial system is hijacked, right? How uh, private banks are actually owning these different features and it's not under the people's or under the government's anymore. And so this is just one feature anyone can read up on this here. This is not just some conspiracy theory. This is how it actually works. Anyone who knows finances knows that. Further, how the military uh, industry works and that a war is a very lucrative business. Mm. And that's what we're really looking at. <laughs> the power games, the power hungry and the greediness and all those things. And so you can imagine that my, my outlook on life was quite dark or on humanity. And after a while, I just shifted my perspective uh, because it just sucked. It seriously just sucked to be me. It was I was depressed and suicidal and I had a lot of uh, horrible thoughts going on in my mind about humanity and that was between 13 and 17 years. So I met then my first big love uh, in that time, was 17, and that really shifted my perspective towards more beautiful things and more fun things. And I chose then, I looked into the darkness of humanity and this, this earth right now, and I then shifted perspective to its light. So instead of looking for bad news and why the world is, is right now at the place where it is at, I shifted and looked at what is actually working. Where are the people who are doing things? And I noticed that there were tons of it, right? No, most people don't think about all of the millions of kisses that are happening in this second. All of the orgasms happening in this moment. All of the trees and the plants and the beauty of the flowers happening right in this moment. Like, that's not televised. No one's talking about that. No one in the headlines of the news, oh, wonderful things happening everywhere. Look how many people love their children today. Exactly. Two people kissing here on a yeah. bench in a park. Completely. Yeah. Just And then I, I noticed that the way that history is being portrayed is just very one-sided, right? The winners write the, the history. And so somehow we focus way too much on things that seem so horrible and drive a lot of fear into people's hearts. And I learned about all of these businesses that people are creating to make things better. 
right? There was this young guy who was creating these self-floating ships that take out plastic out of the ocean back then, which is now actually a thing that was accomplished as much as I know. And way more things. So I was getting more and more and more optimistic. And somewhere I found a line to accept our dark side in humanity and our light side. So holding both of these features, knowing inside of myself that I carry a lot of challenges and things that I need to work with, and at the same time how much potential I have and how much glory it is in the availability of being right now here alive in this form, in this place, and accepting both in a way that helps me make my life more useful. So instead of thinking about right or wrong, which is really why people kill each other is just about beliefs. Right? Opinions, ideas first shape opinions, and then opinions are being put out as beliefs. And then beliefs are uh, what people kill each other about. It's really just that. And for me, this sounds like insanity. Mm. It sounds insane to kill each other over ideas that we chose to believe in. That's really it, right? Because that is just, I am right, you're wrong. And if you're wrong, if you don't say you're wrong, I'm going to kill you. Okay, cool. So that's where we're at as humans. And I chose to see, what if I don't know what is right or wrong? What if I don't know what is the truth? What, a, what do I know about that? And I need to own that I have a personal truth, that other people have their personal truth. And there's things that only I can know, like when I have to go to the toilet, no one else can know that for me. And everyone has that self uh, own experience inside of them as well. And then if I take away right or wrong, and I try to analyze the world through a lens of useful and less useful, I actually can measure results way more objectively. So I can just check is this action, this behavior, the way that I'm operating right now, bringing me closer or further away of long-lasting fulfillment, happiness, joy, inner peace, all those elements that we're truly all yearning for? Is this behavior and this way of operating right now serving me and others around me? Yes or no? And then it's not about is this right or wrong. It's just like, no, it's not serving. Okay, then I can change it because everything is a learned behavior. And this is now edging all the way towards self-mastery. Self-mastery is really an exploration of who am I truly deep down inside and who do I believe I am? So the beliefs that I hold about myself, we also call it the ego. The ego is a construct that we carry around with beliefs about who we think we are. And that's not really the truth, but it influences us massively. So who I believe I am, that is who I am, if it's true or not. And this is a big problem for most humans that I meet and everyone who have been coaching over the years and the people I've been impacting, if they change a belief about themselves, a deep-seated belief, for example, the big beliefs, the big lies, I call them, that people tell themselves is, I'm not enough, I'm unlovable, I'm stupid, I'm incapable. And we could go on with mm. that, right? Yeah. And we all know them. Every human knows them. Like, I mean, maybe some, some don't, but the mid <laughs> I'm quite sure I'm safe when saying that we all know them in some degree. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
a lot of people have a problem then saying, I am, I'm great. I'm fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm amazing. I can learn. I can become better. They're like, they feel that is a lie, but they've been telling themselves all of these other lies that someone maybe put into their head when they were really young. So this is now the feature of understanding first, how do I function on a mental level? Because we need to get the mental part right. This is really, really important because if not, we're blocking all the rest. Because if I say I cannot become, I cannot lose weight. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Well, you literally just close the door to any form of potential. Yeah. And same for me, whenever I say I can't do this, then I close the door for any possible change to happen. So we need to get that first part right. And then we would need to work on the four dimensions that we have, which is the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual experience of being a human being. Yeah. And that then is setting the foundation for self-mastery. So we go inside and at Sculpt, we also have the, the seven dimensions. I think uh, I said four dimensions, but it's four dimensional layers. And in interiorly, we have seven dimensions and exteriorly, we have eight aspects of wealth. And we just map this here. So what we're giving people here also in men's work and any woman can use this as well. We're just speaking now about men's work is that we're giving a person a map for the internal world and their external world to navigate the features that are all included in this life. And we are the only ones who can know, are we going towards what we would like more of or less of? And so without a map, it is quite confusing. And I don't know about you, Fabian, but I know about your story too, but it's going around here and then finding something like for me, Wim Hof, like totally <laughs> blew my mind, right? I hated the cold. It was horrible. And then at once I mastered ice uh, bathing and I could walk barefoot in shorts through the snow for hours, which was not possible in any way because I didn't believe it would be possible. And then breath work completely changed my life. And then uh, working on my mind was just, it was it. And it worked for a long time, but it was not enough. So I needed to go further, right? Authentic relating, other features, more breath work, working on my body, the diet, all of these features. So I just went around and just like uh, was trying to improve everything that I could, almost a little obsessive. And to come to a place where everything needs to be balanced and learned. And so, but no one is connecting the dots. Or maybe there are some, but I don't know of them, that they're connecting the dots. It's like everyone says like, look, I found the Holy Grail. It's like it's one of the many pieces of the Holy Grail that someone found. And so with a map, I think it's so much easier to navigate the territory. Because the map is not the territory, but it helps navigate the territory. So if I know like my relationships are not very good right now, I can give it a like a pain number, for example, like one to ten. This is how painful I'm experiencing the lack of my relationships. In what form? Well, with my family, it's quite okay. My friends, it's not so good right now. So what can I do to actually increase that joy and happiness? What is the skills that I'm lacking? Or what are the behaviors that I don't have access to right now? Or that I am doing that are pushing me, uh, taking me closer or further away from experiencing less pain and more joy in these areas of life? So this is where it just becomes super, super, super fun because it becomes very, very easy with a map at once. It's not like, ah, I don't know what is wrong with me or I don't know what's not working. It's like, 
You're the only one who does know. That is the whole point that we're working with. We all already know deep down inside, we just might need a little bit of a perspective change. Someone who's getting to know us, who really wants to know us deeply down inside. And this is how a group of men together can serve each other in such a massive way. And I'm just grateful towards every man, including you, Fabian, here too, for just sharing a perspective of what it means to be a man. Because I think we need many men to inspire young men or boys what it means that they can choose. There's many different ways of living. And then they can handpick the best parts of all of them together and be inspired. So we can remember that there is a dream of a higher and better future for humanity. And I'm not saying I know what that is. I just know what I would like. And a lot of it is not installed right now. And so actively pursuing. So I'm not just like laying back and I'm like, yeah, oh, everything's shit. And it's going all down anyways, right? So I can just like pour some more gasoline into the fire. And I'm not just sitting there. It's all, it's all shit. And I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm not saying... I'm on, uh, everything is going to be great, but I'm not helping in any way because it's going to be great anyways. I'd rather be the one who says it's going to be really, really great. And I'm going to do my part. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to contribute to make the best possible future for my children, their children's children, and literally anyone around me. Like what else is there to do here, by the way, like in life, right? chasing cars and girls and all that stuff. I mean, how, how long is that fun? Mm. Like, how fulfilling is that? We already know it's a dead end. It's just a little, little treat on the way. The real thing is like, for me, the game of life, and that's then personal mastery is pointing towards to, how am I contributing to this dream that we're collectively dreaming? Amazing. Like, thank you for uh, for that journey and to uh, first of all just explaining the uh, the, the overall uh, necessity of of looking outwards as well as inwards in order to cultivate a fulfilled life. And I have been thinking about you know considering the state of the world today, and and I would say the state of of most men, um, or or many men uh, of today. Upon listening to this framework, I I imagine that many can fully understand, uh, and it's easy to comprehend the other aspects of wealth. You know, your relationships, your fitness, your financial situation. Uh, where I believe that uh, a lot of curiosity will arise is is in the mastery or the connection with all your four inner dimensions and and i would love if you could take us through some of the glimpses uh or give us some glimpses into how a man of today can can work to to create a connection with one's one's internal world and those four dimensions that you mentioned yeah thank you i'm gonna um, i'm gonna take the um, the inner seven dimensions to then begin with and so we have an inner world and an outer world so these are like the the four areas of focus. We can either look inwards, like what is happening in my body, interoception. Then we can uh, perceive things outside of ourselves, which is exteroception. So the ability to hear and feel and see and everything coming from outside. And then there's proprioception, which is my perception of my body in space. So it's me in relation to the other. 
So it is narrow and focused as well, uh, narrow and focused and then broad. So I can either focus on, on my little finger right now, or I can focus on my whole body. And so these are the points of awareness that we can play around with. And so if we move now first from outside inside, which is very simply done by either closing our eyes or by lowering our gaze, and now we turn our awareness inside. And the first thing we notice is that things usually start to slow down. And I can focus on my breath, which is the most simplest way of meditation and shifting our brain state. Just feel the breath. It's also called breath watching. And here we don't even have to end. We just go further. It's like, can you feel your heartbeat? Can you sense your pulse? What is happening with a tingling sensation, which is the nervous system? Do you feel your hands, your feet? Where is there joyful experiences in your body and where is the painful? So this is the physical dimension. We can, there's nothing to guess. This is happening. We're just watching. So this is our physical dimension to begin with. This no one can deny. This is the experience. It's very simple. So that's where everyone can start to get to know themselves. It's like, what is happening right now in me? And it takes us right into the present moment. Boom. Because right. it's not, is it happening before? How did I feel uh, two hours ago? No, it's happening right now. And then you're not in the future either. You're like, what is going to happen in five minutes? It doesn't matter. Like, what is happening right now? And we perceive it. We don't even have to think. We just have to feel the body. This is our mother tongue. We were born this way. Before there was any language implanted into us, we knew the language of feeling of the body, the perception of body. In that body, we have emotions. Energy in motion, meaning that there is some underlying deeper instinctual knowing, either passed down by genetics or by experiences. There's different ways how we can perceive emotions. And these emotions come through some impulse. For example, we can feel strong emotions when we're hungry. Some people get hangry. Some people start like the when baby when we're babies, we just start crying because there's something going on in our body that is usually not there. So when the emotion is gone, the rest of the body is just what it does, which is breathing, sending blood everywhere, regulating our system. All of this is happening without our conscious awareness. It's incredible. It's like that's the miracle already itself. And then in these, emo these emotions go around, so we need to learn about these emotions. How do they, when do they come? How do they come? Where do they feel? Where do I feel them in my body? And this, again, can function completely without words. We just have to feel the emotions. A lot of us are taught to compartmentalize and mentalize our emotions. Oh, it's this feeling, so then I don't have to feel it. Oh, I'm feeling sad. Well, how does feeling sad feel right now to you? Because sadness is never the same. Every day, there's a special quality to sadness. It's like every day the rain. Oh, it's raining. Yeah, but every day the rain is different. So checking in, that's the second layer then that we have, the second dimension. And I'd love to come in here also and, and just share a personal experience there because... Jesus, yeah. I, I believe m many men uh, who go into personal development, uh, one of the first steps for many of us is going to be to uh, cultivate our relationship with emotions. Uh, usually something called like, just take the elevator down is a, is a very classic, uh, you know, go from the mind to the body, 
be in the body and and feel and personally for me i i understood that uh, it wasn't until i turned maybe 29 28 i understood what emotions was i i you know i i thought that i thought that emotions was uh you know because i always went around thinking i was unemotional because i never cried uh i never uh expressed my anger so i was always in the belief that an emotion is the act of crying yeah. and because i was i was i'm a relatively uh you know uh for me, I then basically disregarded everything that happened inside of me. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share a bit about, uh, before we go further here, I mean, what's the, what's the difference between expressing and suppressing? And, you know, is there a middle way there? Yeah, this is really great. Like, uh, what I found in the in the last years of working with a lot of men is that they think that they don't feel much, but what they do is they only feel certain things. So I have, I have clients, they're like, I'm disconnected from my emotions. I'm like, yeah, but I saw you angry the other day. It's like, oh, right. And I like when you're with your kids, do you feel joy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're not disconnected from your emotions, but you have problems accessing your sadness and your grief. Yes, right. And others have problems accessing their anger, which makes them usually ticking time bombs. There's a lot of these different layers. None of them is, is useful to suppress any like we're we're full human beings and we can always compartmentalize ourselves in one way or the other usually we have to do that our daytime jobs only this part of you is welcome by the way here in this environment mm -hmm. right the successful part the one that gets shit done right but if you're actually sad or disappointed or you're going through something like mm, please leave that at home okay we're, we're not here right yeah very often work environments function that way so when men um, are in that state where they're not in connection to their fullness, their richness, there's always pain involved. There's the, the big pain is usually being numb. It's just numb. It's like it's an absence of anything, which is pain. Numbness is painful. We all want to feel alive. Like there's not someone like anyone want to feel numb. It's like, no, one's going to say that I want to be alive. The only ones to say they want to be numb is when they're in pain. And here we're at the root cause, right? So we have not been uh, taught how to deal with pain. So we shut it out. The pain of being rejected, abandoned, the pain of any feature that hurt us, especially as young children, we don't know how to deal with those It's really strong emotions. And usually our parents had no fucking clue either. So here we are like fumbling around because everyone's fumbling around because no one wants to feel those emotions. Mm. So that's where we go up into our head. Oh yeah, it's because of this and it's because of that. And the story around it is da la 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 la. And all the ego does is to protect us from those unwanted emotions. So we create complete personas around either how much of a victim we are or how much of we don't feel things because we don't have to because we already know the answer. And this is a big, um, it's, a, it's, it's a big pain point. It's a, it's a pandemic. It's a, it disconnects us from ourselves and others. And so there is definitely a middle line, as you said, I mean, too much emotions, like I know that too, like when I unraveled my anger and my frustration, there was a lot coming bubbling out. I didn't know how to like react in certain places anymore. 
because I was working on being authentic and being true for many years because I was fake. I had personas and I was sometimes lying because I wanted to be perceived in a certain way instead of just showing who I truly am, which made everyone alienated from me because hmm. I was pers uh, showing a different face. I wasn't showing me, which is that I sometimes feel weak. I sometimes don't feel strong. I sometimes want to doubt. Other people only see the point that I want to show, which is then that I'm strong and I got this. Yeah. And you know, like, that's what men want to portray. They want to be reliable. But sadly, we kick ourselves out. So we kick different parts of our true being out. And intimacy and is really based on the foundation that we can be vulnerable with each other. At the same time, also, there's this over uh, uh, too much emphasis on being vulnerable in many healing circles right now where it's like come on man like this is not a vulnerability gore fest like who can show more of their pain that they endure and look how much i can show myself is like at a certain point we have to stop that we need to take responsibility yeah and so it is a journey very often some of us need to be way more vulnerable some people need to understand when to be vulnerable and when to actually man up as well and this is where where this contradictory you know so many people are like into personal development and it's like they think it's one way or the other it's like no personal development is a completely and utterly customized journey what is one step forward for one person is a step backward for another and going right is going left for others so we need to look at the situation. What is the context? What does the person want to achieve? What is their pain point? I know guys, they're completely impotent as men because they are too vulnerable. They cannot do anything without going into spaces and feeling offended about literally anything in their life. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's nothing to go with. Like those are people I cannot even interact with because it's like, seriously, we will have different opinions, by the way. And just because I have a different opinion than you doesn't mean we have an issue. It just means we have different opinions. And I need to be able to speak my mind without that your emotions get offended immediately. You can have your emotions, but I wasn't the one who triggered them in the first case. Mm -hmm. You're the one with the explosives. I'm the trigger. And if you're smart, you understand that the trigger is a way of getting to know yourself and that you need to own your own emotions. So this is like a little bit trying to get full circle because this is a big box. We could probably talk oh, yeah. one whole episode about emotions and how to work with them and handle and, and not actually handle, but cultivate a relationship to each and every frequency that is available as a human being. Emotional fitness, emotional emotion school is definitely something we should probably. It's a it's a path we uh, I feel we should dive much deeper into. Just given in knowing where where we are, uh, and uh, as you say, we can continue uh, for a long time. I'm I'm keen to move on into the further dimensions, and we've now covered the physics, a physicality, uh, the emotions, and now we're moving up into the stronghold of men, usually, which is the mind. Yes, yeah, the, the favorite fortress of a man where he can hide away from everything that, he, that is actually happening and live in, in stories and tales. And uh, we've been all trained to uh, 
let go of all the rest and focus only on that. I'm, I'm just talking about my own experience in school as well. We're sitting there for hours and hours listening to someone repeating what they said. I mean, that's not necessarily a place where I think intelligence has grown. And as we're right now having, right, just to clarify before I go into that, we have uh, the IQ. Everyone was talking about an IQ, right? Intelligence quotient. So now we are working also at Sculp with the PQ, the SQ, and the EQ, right? Physical intelligence, spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence. I mean, the EQ also came in and we actually then call it now fitness. So we are looking at 360 fitness, 360 degrees fitness all round. Not only the physical body needs to be fit, but the emotional body, the um, mental body and the spiritual body. And these we can really harness and nurture in various different ways. And so the mind now, the rational ego mind, so we put that in. So we have the physical body, everything happening inside, sensations, emotions, which we can also sense, but they're different than what is naturally happening all the time in the body. We need to be able to distinguish the differences between those things as well. Because I need to know if I'm hungry or if I'm angry. <laughs> and, and if I just eat something, then the anger is gone. But very often the anger doesn't go if it comes from another place. So knowing these differences is just crucial for being a mature man. If not, we're like, I mean, my son is four. He doesn't know better because he's four. I don't expect him to handle himself always in the best light. I mean, sometimes he just has a meltdown. And I'm like, I understand. Like, I, he just doesn't know better. And I see a lot of men having the similar features, me included, just a few years ago, in different ways where I didn't know how to handle myself. Because I didn't know the difference between what is really going on. Very often, lack of sleep, wrong nourishment, which is food, the wrong environment to be in, and then pushing ourselves beyond what we're actually capable of doing without resting and without recovering and without the support system around us is just a recipe for failure. Like three days of not proper sleeping and my reactivity goes up massively. So this is a feature there. So just give a little context. I'm going to move on now into the rational mind, the ego. There we have these ideas, these thoughts, these beliefs, but we also have pictures. So the pictures that come to us before there were any words in our minds, we had pictures. We also call it imagination. So there's this mental process that goes on and this mental process costs energy and has energy is what a lot of people don't understand what that means is like electromagnetic biomagnetic impulses going through the body each time we're thinking we are creating each time we're feeling we're creating each time we're moving we're creating something so the mind is creating even everything we're right now, like everything we're having in front of us to do this podcast was created in some form in our minds first. An idea. An idea. That's yeah. pretty much it. And then we try to pursue through trial and error this idea. So here we have now the ability for huge, incredible magic to unfold or disaster. And we're seeing it right now here too. There's a lot of thought concepts that are really, really hinking, right? This right or wrong concept that we're all being fed into too. Because yes, there is right and wrong on the physical plane. We can actually say like, 
this thing here right now, I could, can you feel it? Yes, no. So the physical body cannot be debated. But ideas can be debated. They can be debated. And we just don't know in what context are they right. And this is where it gets really, really fun. Because the most important thing that we as humans need to do is figure out how we want to be perceived by ourselves and by others. So who, do, what do I want to be known for? Like, what kind of man am I? Right? Because there's a natural instinct in you, which is who you are, but then there's also who I think I am. And that's going to determine a lot of my progress and my process in life. So this is what we're, we look into to find the stories that are useful mm. or not useful. And then we eliminate as many unuseful stories and replace them with more useful stories. For example, one would be, uh, yeah, I, I suck at Swedish, speaking Swedish. I suck at it. So that's what I told myself for years. And I didn't make a lot of progress. And the only thing that I switched, seriously, that was the only thing that I switched and it improved so massively was that I have not been so good at speaking Swedish so far, but now I've been giving myself more room to express and to try and to fail forwards. And my Swedish is getting better and better and better all the time without much effort. The power of language. The power of language. And, just, and also the small shifts, you know. Yeah. Instead of saying um, problem, say I have a room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, instead of saying I am this or that, you can say a part of me has this experience. Exactly. Small, small shifts reframe and reform your whole experience of, of, of uh, your reality. Completely. Yeah. The power of the mind has power on emotions and emotions on the mind. And the emotions and the mind have a power on the body. And the body has a power on the mind and the emotions. And this interlink we need to understand. And so the most powerful way of changing a state is to set your mind, then feel the feeling, and then express it in the body. Such a powerful way of interacting. And now we're shifting, which is the next parts that we come into. So everyone understands physical body, emotional body, mental body, or dimension. Everyone gets that. And now we're going into a part where a lot of people in this time and age have denied something, which is, I would just say, a higher intelligence or nature itself. I mean, I just need to look uh, for a moment at my body and just think about who is digesting and who built this and made this DNA, everything, how it comes into being. And some people just say, like, this is just a machinery. I'm like... Cool, if that's useful to you, that's nice. For me, I just look at it as quite some miracle wonder. I'm like looking at myself and I don't, I'm having this experience of being Daniel, which is a story in my head, right? A name that was given to me. If I just remove all of the language and I'm just here, it's a wonder. It's a miracle. Whatever wants to be brought onto that interpretation is up to everyone else. And it's like, that doesn't matter. But that experience directly without trying to translate it for me, is the connection to something bigger than myself. And that we can call spirituality. So this has nothing to do with religion. It can, but it doesn't have to. And one doesn't need to believe in anything to experience spirituality. And spirituality, in another way, how I like talking about it, is energy. So the energetic frequencies and systems that are underlying things. 
There is another word for it we could, could call power dynamics, how gravity works with light in science. And now these parts now we have inside of us as well. So as within, so without. And now we're walking into the place of, um, of compassion, of forgiveness. So these are very high frequency emotions that can be practiced and trained that help us live a more open and fulfilling life. And so this is usually connected to the heart. So we go from the physical body, the densest place, to the emotional body, to the dimension of the emotions, to the mental dimension, and now we're going to the heart. And this is where spirituality actually begins. And this has been practiced for thousands of years by many who came before. This really works. This is not just an idea, right? We can actually open our hearts on an energetical plane. And there we also have the strongest electromagnetic frequency. Today we know HRV, for example, heart rate variability. We can measure it. We can actually sit down and breathe in through our nose for six seconds in and out for six seconds. And that is going to increase our heart rate variability, which is an all-round measurement right now for our all-round health and well-being of the nervous system. Now, what they found out at the HeartMath Institute is that you can breathe that way and your HRV will go up in real time. Now, imagine or envision someone who you love or something that you care for, the HRV will go up even more. Now, do that consistently and your HRV stabilizes and can even influence people in the same room just by one person doing this. Sitting, focusing on your breath, the feeling in your body, the feeling of love and joy and peace. And we can increase that the same way we can train muscles. And here we're now again at the concept of fitness, physical, emotional, mental and spiritual fitness. And so cultivating a sense of inner peace was for me the most important thing ever. Most important thing ever. Because everything around me is constantly shifting and changing and I cannot control it. I can influence and I can do things about it. Like, but ultimately I have no control over you, Fabian, or anyone around and I wouldn't even want to have. Like seriously. I want everyone to be empowered around me and have their own mind. That's much better. So uh, cultivating a sense of inner peace and inner joy now like landed through, I had quite a lot of challenges the last few years. And in these challenges, I knew whatever I'm doing is right for me right now, because when really shit hit the fan and it did, I found deep inner peace. Hmm. I didn't go bananas, I didn't go crazy, I didn't flip out or anything like that, which could uh, happens to many men when they really hit something that is really intense for them in life. Instead, I found peace, I found joy, and I found a deep happiness and being held by something bigger than myself. While the storm was going around me. So I hope everyone is able to cultivate that same feeling at any given time. And know that it's always there. And when I help other people reach that state, there's also inner knowing. There's the intuition. So in that state of deep connection to myself, there's a knowing. It's the same thing as I know that I'm hungry right now or that I need to go to the toilet. I know if people are good for me or not. And almost every problem that I had, a problem or challenge that I had, is because I didn't listen to this inner voice. I chose to talk myself out of it, like, 
but there's no reason to think this about this person. It's like, yeah, that's true, but I have a feeling that I don't need to discover if this is right or wrong anymore. And and with that inner voice, I imagine many many might think of it as that gut feeling. Would you say it's the gut feeling, or is there a difference between your inner knowing and a gut feeling? Yeah, this is super cool because of what I discovered. You know, there's like it's the gut feeling, it's the inner knowing. Some people go through different processes, and the way that I like operating is that you have uniquely your own inner voice. So some uh, some people need to talk it out. Not because they need to talk, get someone else's advice. They just have to speak it out. That's how they find out what they want and what they know. Some people have an emotional wave. It goes up and down, meaning they go into it and they're like, yes, this is the best thing in the world. And then the next day or the next moment or the next hour, they're like, this is crap. I don't want to do this at all. And they go through an emotional wave that takes a second, a week, a day, a month, a year, five years, as long as the wave takes until they come to a point of conclusion. Yes, I want this. No, I don't want this. Hmm, still processing. They need to listen to that. And others, like for me, I learned mine. My intuit intuition works right in the moment like this, like the snipping of my finger. I don't have any wisdom long term. So I might bring in something where I say yes to, but then I notice there's a reason why I shouldn't do it now, and it's keeping me safe. So there's something keeping me safe, and I need to listen to that. And five minutes later, it might be back to something else. It's very special, and that's it's a relationship to cultivate. And then others, like you said, they have it in their gut. So in their gut, it's just it's a mm-hmm, mm-mm, or hmm. They just know. It's like, do you want a banana? Yes, no, right? Mm. Like we, we do a lot with you, right? We, we practice like, do you want to have this year? And you answer with yes or no. And you work very, very well with that, right? For me, it's uh, definitely my, uh, my, my navigator uh, for life. And I notice how I feel in my stomach. Uh, I feel uh, that part of me and it it's, uh, immediately feels uh, whether something is right or wrong. And I usually suffer if I don't follow that uh follow that that feeling in my life which many times have happened yeah because <laughs> i listen to other parts of myself such as the mind exactly yeah yeah and i am in that the intuition i would say is like the king or queen or it's the authority in your inner being and we need to learn who we should listen to to completely trust and it's not so easy because sometimes there's multiple layers of us wanting different things and then i trust the thing that is going to keep me at my best health and has the best possible interest in mind for all that is there. And it goes beyond this. The same thing, I need to trust my gut that it's digesting. It's happening. Like, why do I need to go and use my thinking mind, which is very limited? Thinking mind is very limited. It's a fast process. That's why it looks so fancy. It's like, wah, 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 look at me. I can do these fancy tricks. Look what I learned over all these years. But the deep inner, you just know if it's right for you or not. Deep down inside. We know. And that inner knowing we need to reconnect to, in my opinion. And this is also why, like most of my clients, one-on-one, -on -one, they're just flying after a few months where a lot of people have been failing for years, medicating them, trying to actually take them away from what is going on. Like depression, uh, burnout, all of these things, uh, catastrophes in our life. They're just literally signs that we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. 
we're maybe not living the life that we're supposed to live. And the higher intelligence of our living being is helping us shift, going away from what is keeping us stagnant and making us sick. And so the body is way more intelligent than we have been giving it credit for. And this is really a, a deep exploration. Mm. Brilliant there. Thank you for expanding. And definitely the, the intuition uh, feels like many are beginning to tap into that and and uh, cultivating a relationship with it. And I mean, we are, we are um, it feels like uh, as a collective human, humanity, we're at the infancy there, learning to to build that relationship and learning to to navigate our lives through that. And I mean, as we're nearing the end of this, I'd love you to to just tap into the uh, to last two dimensions as you see them, and uh, so we can basically just round it off here with uh, the full experience of of what it is to be a human being. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, beautiful as you're putting it there. Um, and uh, the last two dimensions, so we have like we could say it's the heart, but we choose to call it um, compassion and intuition. So that's the dimension that comes building up on it. And then we have will and talent. And so this is a little hard for some people to get, but it just means if we would remove all societal constructs that you have been experiencing, there's something underneath all of it that makes you uniquely you. We could say it is your DNA. It's your makeup. Like even if we take uh, one-egged one um, twins, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly right now. But I, feeling or one egg, one egg twins, I think. Yes, one-egg twins. Identical twins. Yeah. Exactly. So they have exactly the same DNA, but they might behave very different. So there's something more happening underneath that layer. So there's a specific point in time and space that we carry or that we're a place in time that we occupy for this time being, for a short time. And that is an expression of who we are. Like, why do I like certain music and other music not? Why do I love this instrument and the other not? Why do I, I'm so drawn to this one place and the other not. So knowing these features about ourselves, like this deep inherent like that, I love music. I just love it since I was small. And there's specific music that I love. And it has been a big expression of myself to actually be in connection with dancing, moving, making songs, playing guitar, all these features. Where does that come from? Does it come from, from my father that he was a musician? I don't know. It just means that I know that that is right now a real expression of myself. And these features, to know these parts about yourself, are just so relieving. They're like freeing. It's like, this is right now, this is to be true right now, and it can't change. But there is a layer underneath who we think we are that is doesn't need our opinion if it's true or not. It just is. Just is. And so knowing those layers about myself has freed me a lot of the opinions of others as well. So I'm more free. I'm more free. People always told me I should be more diplomatic. I should be more this and that. I'm not noticed about myself that I am sometimes challenging. And people love me or hate me for it. But I notice that that is a deep inherent part of myself. I want to bring social change, for example. And if I would have been listening to other people, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. And I wouldn't be helping who knows how many people through this process. So that is knowing yourself really well, will and talent. And then there's the last dimension, which is the soul. 
And this is an area that many people are like, oh, no, they're talking about the soul. I'm like, Goethe has been talking about the soul. Carl Jung spent the last 20 years of his life uh, mapping his own dreams and the soul, trying to bring it closer to people. All the great uh, men and women of our time have been talking about the soul, seriously. Plato, Socrates, Freud. Yes. Yeah. Einstein. Yeah, all of them. Right? It's like, why are we pretending like it's not there? Just because it's very hard to catch. It just cannot be caught. And that's why people don't like it, in my opinion. It's because the soul is emptiness and allness and nothing of both because we cannot put it in words. It is something to be experienced. And there are those games to be played how to experience it, which is I want to have a relationship with my soul. So if you don't feel you have a relationship with your soul yet and you don't have a soul or you don't know your soul, the beginning is to have an intention to say, I will spend X amount of time each day or week in silence, maybe in meditation, to just be and not do. And see what arises over the time, over the years, because we're one day we're going to die and probably we're going to spend more time in that realm than in this realm. That's just my assumption. I don't know for sure. But there is something as the soul, and I'm experiencing it regularly, especially since I set up my intention. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the master of knowing the soul, but I know some masters of knowing the soul, and it's incredible. So it's just part of it, because without believing that there's something higher and you are part of the something higher, whatever it is, life can seem very dull. And I've seen the people who believe in nothing, which is also a belief. I've seen the people who believe in being part of something bigger without needing to name it. And I see what is more useful. And that's the only thing that comes into it. So we highly encourage people to check into that. So those are the six dimensions. And usually this is where it stops. And our very wise man, Ida Risi Visasinata in Bali shared with me something that I never thought before. He even said like, look, you need to master all of your inner seven dimensions, Daniel. So you need to also master the soul. You need to know when to say yes or no to the soul. You need to know when to say yes or no to your intuition because you are the master. You're the one who decides ultimately in self-mastery. So you need to also sometimes know when to say no to your soul. And I was like, I never heard of that before. And that really intrigued me. And he said, yes, Daniel, you need to harmonize and unite all of your six dimensions. And then listen to all of them and make good choices in life. That's why you are here. And I, that really resonated with me. I, I found it very, very useful in my life to think about all of my six dimensions like we just started, right? I just go through all of them for a minute or five minutes. And then I feel differently connected. I make better choices. I'm eventually more calm. And it just brings me more peace and more joy. And I think I'm a better human through that and helping other humans better through that principle. So I'm very grateful for this uh, seven dimensions that are also inspired by him. And the eight outer aspects of wealth then is the next step. So we take care of our inner world and then we take care of our outer world because now we're in alignment and we're making choices that are truly ours, and we're following what we know to be true inside. It's not a conceptualization. And at Sculpt2, we don't do a tell people what to do. 
we just help them find their way. And there are similarities with all of us. And I would love to see a world and live in a world where we all believe that we're having a great future ahead. And that's what we're all working towards to actively. So, yeah, what a journey. What a journey. Wow. Thank you for, um, for taking me, uh, us, the listeners, through this experience and, and to really... I believe this for many, and I hope it, it, it inspires hope for the, your ability to actually become the one who can master your experience of life. I mean, life will always be chaotic. Yeah. It's, it's the experience. However, you actually, there is the, there is the opportunity and potential to, to actually be in harmony with, with all your inner self. Mm in that way and that's why it's so important to begin the scalp training the 100 hours with this first week uh to begin cultivating and inspiring and i mean it's not going to happen in a week mm. for most it is rather uh pointing towards an opportunity mapping out the lines uh landscape and to to help people to begin setting a direction for themselves and and i mean i have i have so many things here that we i'd love to cover with you uh just based on this and and i believe we need to build a few more episodes with you into this podcast experience now i i will want to re really bring it down to to a close here because i believe we perfectly uh brought brought, brought it all together uh and in a way for for people to begin contemplating completely and for those that that feel that this is something they'd like to explore further together with us we're launching the next program on the 26th of february then the fourth round of the 100 hour uh, men's level 100 hour core enrichment program and if you feel the calling to uh, work on your self-mastery together with the seven other aspects of wealth over the eight weeks together with us uh, there are easy ways to find us through hitting the sculpt.center uh, read through the website fill in the form and book your one-on-one -on -one call together with with either me or most likely daniel and in that process it is a screening process where we will ma make sure to check that we are a good match for each other and uh, also that's an opportunity for you to learn and get to know more about us and the training absolutely yeah and i'd love to come again and uh just one last thing there that came to me and this shifted my mind too which was i mean you can do everything on your own right we men were like we're we're we do things on our own right and i had this story in my head that someone told me i mean you probably know it's the, the saying like if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go with others and i'm just going to add to that like if you go alone, you're slow. You're slow. If you want to go fast and you want to go far, you go with others. You find the right people to do this together with. And you will increase your ability to do whatever you want to do. It will manifold. Like it's like a shield wall, right? Like in speaking in old Viking terms, you have one hand for your axe or your sword and you have one shield. So try to go and win your own internal battles alone that way. Right? 
you're destined to fail many more times than if you would have a shield wall of brothers who know your strength, know your weaknesses, and shield you in your weaknesses. Because my strength might be your weakness, where you're weak at, and your uh, and vice versa, and in different ways. So we can like build that shield wall together, and then you have also the strength of everyone combined around you. So it just makes absolute sense to unite and to practice and to deliver because we want results. Like we guarantee results. This is not something that is just like some fantasy. It's like all of the guys who come in and we just finished off the last uh, training this weekend. It was just magical. And to hear uh, the, the 20 plus guys tell their accomplishments of the last few months seems almost insane what they did. Like, I mean, we have true transformations happening. From I was lost to having the best relationship with my wife ever, quit drinking the same time, quit smoking, is lost 10 kilos, happier than ever. I mean, you can see the shine in their eyes, mm -hmm. you know, and these are not some some loser men. It's just like life can sometimes be really a lot if we're not digging in the right places. So I just wanted to share that last piece. So let's go far and let's go fast and we do it together. Or fast together. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much, Daniel, for uh, joining us today and uh, wishing you a beautiful, beautiful day going forward. Also, uh, before we finish, um, thanks to the audience, to the listeners. Thank you for sending in comments, thoughts, themes, and suggestions for um, people to, to guests to invite. Uh, keep sending them to uh, us, either me personally on my DM on Instagram, Sculpt Center is also the Instagram where you'll find more information about us uh, there. So keep uh, keep uh, sending in and we will adapt along the way. And thank you, Daniel, once more. Yes, thank you, Fabian. Thanks for hosting and for having me over here and for the great work that you bring to everyone and for inspiring me as well. And thank you for your attention to all the listeners.